Hey everybody, welcome to episode 115 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for 30 years. This week, we talk about the war that is raging around simultaneous multi-frequency machines. It's a war, I tell you. It's a war! <laughs> so let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoy the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at DetectingThe or Instagram at the Metal Detecting Podcast. If you want to pop me an email, you can pop one to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can do so on BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash TheMetalDetectingShow. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode. Before I start, I want to thank you for the coffees, all my Patreons, everybody who has supported the podcast over the last couple of weeks. T-shirts have gone out to the Patreons and to the Buy Me A Coffee subscribers. So check your inbox. I'm still looking for a couple of sizes there, so... Reach out to me. Let me know how big you are. Um, I just want to call out one specific listener. I won't call out his name. However, he did send me a fabulous picture of a camper van festooned with the Metal Detecting Show logo and the Martin family trip around Europe. Wonderful picture. I really love it. I'm going to print it and it's going to be pride of place on my detecting wall. So watch out for Instagram just to see when that goes up. Um, I got out this week, I suppose. Nothing major. The normal cover the coffee situation. Did some fine sorting. Uh, I was amazed how much rubbish had gathered inside my fines bucket. So um, there was quite the bag of rubbish went out of the bin. However, there was enough lead to produce some dive weights, which I'm quite happy about. So, yeah, that's another project I'll be working on in the future. So this week, we're going to talk about frequency and the journey to simultaneous multi-frequency. And the war that ensues over the difference between simultaneous multi-frequency and multi-IQ. Why am I talking about this? Well, I did have a chat with Dave on Instagram, one of the many followers of the show. We were questioning whether the Garrett Ace Apex was simultaneous multi-frequency. Through that discussion, I decided to refresh myself on the information that is out there around multi-frequency and figure out what the facts are around multi-frequency. And then I just happened to watch a movie called The Current War on Netflix, which essentially the whole movie was around how Thomas Edison controlled the whole narrative around AC and DC electricity. I asked myself, is the same thing happening with MindLab and multi-frequency or frequency? So let's get into it. So frequency is the number of repeated events per unit of time. It's measured in hertz. So one hertz is one event per unit of time or second or one event per second. So frequency is the inverse of the time interval between repeated events. Mathematically, it's F frequency equals the inverse of the time period. So one over T. But let's look at frequency in relation to metal detecting, starting at VLF. I'm not going to start at BFO, which is beat frequency oscillation and more or less obsolete right now. Or am I going to talk about PI or PI pulse induction, especially as it falls into the VLF frequency range. So VLF pretty much stands for very low frequency. Normally, it's in the 3 to 30 kilohertz range with different brands focusing on different specific frequencies. 
So to be clear, a VLF machine broadcasts one single frequency. That's why specific detectors get known for being good at finding specific targets. For example, detectors that operate in the area of about 7 kilohertz will be good at finding silver. That's why you still hear comments like, my white is still producing for me and I'm not going to change it. And that's because you've learned what the detector is good at and you adjust your hunting habits to match what your detector is good at. If you have a detector that's great at finding silver, you're naturally going to change your hunting style to match that hunt for silver. So VLF, very low frequency, was the standard for years till multi-frequency machines hit the market. Now, don't get bamboozled by the marketing hype. Many companies have tried the brand multi-frequency, such as MindLab with BBS or broadband spectrum, which is multi-frequency but processes three frequencies at a time with inbuilt coil boosters, etc. Now, there is other proprietary technology that goes on. That is the differentiator between certain brands, I would have to say. But at the core, BBS is a multi-frequency machine. And then you have FBS, full broadband spectrum machines, which is multi-frequency again, but processes 28 frequencies per sweep. And then, of course, you get on to FBS2, which is in the CTX, which is essentially an advancement on FBS through coil tuning and communications between the coil and the main unit. The main point being, they are all just multi-frequency machines wrapped up in marketing spin. Now, I'm not saying there's not advancements made at each step. However, if you put a lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. So remember, it's all multi-frequency. Till MindLab came out with multi-IQ, which we'll get into in a second. But first, I want to call out something else. I've noticed in researching this tech over the years that the only manufacturer that is effectively sharing information on how their detectors work is MindLab. And this lets them own the narrative, like Edison, on metal detecting technology. I've even found myself saying, Oh, that's such a detector uses BBS or FBS, even if it's not a MindLab machine. These terms have become the verbiage when we talk about frequency tech of our detectors. That's like calling store brand cola, Coca-Cola. It's all multi-frequency. All the difference is the number of frequencies pumped into the ground and how it is processed, which is still a huge differentiator. But it's still multi-frequency or simultaneous multi-frequency because these multi-frequency machines are simultaneously pumping these waveforms into the ground. This word simultaneous is proven problematic for other multi-frequency machines that are trying to differentiate from the Equinox. Nocta have built their marketing of the legend on a true simultaneous multi-frequency machine. However, that actually doesn't give any indication to a difference in technology. Deus are doing the same. Garrett are trying to do the same. Anyways, they're still multi-frequency machines or simultaneous multi-frequency machines at its simplest. So in its simplest form, right, multi-frequency machines analyze multiple signals through multiplexing. And then these signals are compared to a digital reference or called VREF and a DAC. This results in a higher resolution of target signals that the onboard processor can identify. This allows ground signals to be separated from the target signals. This point is very important when we chat about multi-IQ. So let's get on with Multi-IQ, another brand of technology from MindLab. Let's see if it's any different. Multi-IQ stands for multi-frequency in, that's where the I comes from, I and in, phase and quadrative Q, synchronized demodulation. This coupled with the statement from Dr. Philip Warwick, 
MindLab's principal technical physicist about the key differences of multi-IQ compared to VLF detectors. So I'll read the statement here. With the multi-IQ engine, the receiver is both phase-locked and amplitude normalized to the transmitted magnetic field, rather than the electrical voltage driving the transmitted field. This field can be altered by the mineralization in the soil in both phase and amplitude, so if the receiver was only phase-locked to the driving voltage, this would result in inaccurate target IDs and a higher audible noise level. Locking the receiver to the actual transmitted field across all frequencies simultaneously by measuring the current through the coil solves these issues, creating a very sensitive and stable detector. This is very impressive. The sheer accuracy required to measure these small variations is amazing. We're talking about nanoscale, but more from the doctor. For each frequency the detector transmits and receives, there are only two signals which can be extracted, which we refer to as I and Q. The Q signal is more sensitive to targets, while the I signal is more sensitive to iron content. Traditional single-frequency metal detectors use the Q signal to detect targets and then use the ratio of the I and Q signals to assess the characteristics of the target and assign a target ID. The problem with this approach is that the I signal is sensitive to the iron content of the soil. The target ID is always perturbed by the response from the soil and as the signal from the target gets weaker, this perturbation becomes substantial. With some simplification here for brevity, if a detector transmits and receives more than one frequency, it can ignore the soil-sensitive eye signals and instead look at the multiple Q signals it receives in order to determine target ID. That way, even for weak targets or highly mineralized soil, the target ID is far less perturbed by the response from the soil. This leads to very precise target IDs both in mineralized soils and for targets at depth. So when asked around how many frequencies, because in the past they very clearly indicated 3 for BBS and 28 for FBS, uh, MindLab couldn't be nailed on the number, and they say that the minimum number of frequencies required to get the job done is more important, and it's more about how the frequencies that are used are combined and processed is now more important. Hence, multi-IQ is not a derivative or the evolution of BBS or FBS, it is a different method of a simultaneous multi-frequency metal detector. So the Legend, Deus II, the Apex are all simultaneous multi-frequency machines. But are they using a different way of doing it, like MindLab? Or is it an enhancement of the standard simultaneous multi-frequency machine? And even though these are all great machines, and in some regards better than MindLab's offering, till they show their homework, MindLab will continue to own the narrative on frequency tech. I want to call out, I have quoted directly and aggressively from a great website called DetectorProspector.com, particularly from the owner, Steve Hirschbach, who is an amazing voice in the metal detecting community. So go check out his website, DetectorProspector.com, and you'll see that I have just hit the tip of the surface around learning about multi-frequency machines. So check out his website. I hope I can drive a little bit of traffic towards him because it is a, an amazing, an amazing website that I have used and quoted repeatedly over the last couple of years. So to wrap up, multi-IQ, it's a simultaneous multi-frequency machine. 
the Garrett Apex Ace simultaneous multi-frequency machine. The Deus 2, a simultaneous multi-frequency machine. And the Legend, a simultaneous multi-frequency machine. However, right now, it's only MineLab that can actually show the differentiation between their implementations of the technology. Now, this doesn't mean that if you have the Legend, it's any worse than the Equinox. Right now, the Legend is doing great for me. I'm quite happy with it. However, back to the original point, MineLab are the Thomas Edison right now of metal detecting. They are owning the narrative around frequency technology and around metal detecting technology. So I urge Nocta, I urge Deus, and I urge Garrett to show how they're implementing this technology in an effort that we can all learn and figure out for ourselves which technology works for us. And that's it for this week, guys. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out the website www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to have the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee, which you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. Also, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, you can still do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, good luck and happy hunting.